Good morning, class. Good morning, Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be overcomer. Uh, God's will is that we be victorious in every challenge, every challenge. I, I like uh, what 2 Corinthians talks about, uh, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Don't you like that, that phrase, always? That, that, that's different from win a few, you lose a few. <laughs> that's the way the old ball bounces. We ain't bouncing the old ball. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. Is that right? And a new creation is not a loser. A new creation is an overcomer. Everybody said out loud, thanks be to God, who always causes me to triumph. Praise God. Get your Bible, get something to take some notes with. Come on into the class, and we've saved you a seat here. Let's release faith to get exactly what we should today. Father, we ask you for the anointing, for the utterance, for the guidance, for the direction, exactly what... Uh, you would that we should hear and see and know and say and do. Uh, thank you for your perfect word and your perfect spirit. We lay hold of all you would minister to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Look with me again in the Bible at Matthew 9. We see in Matthew 9 and verse 22 in the healing of the um, woman that had the issue of blood, that Jesus told her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Uh, this is something that for 12 years she had had a hemorrhage and had been to all kind of doctors and been through all kind of procedures and spent all the money she had. And the Bible said she was no better and had actually gotten worse. And yet, in a moment, she touched the hem of Jesus' garment and anointing power flowed into her. And the Bible said she knew right then she's healed. And when uh, Jesus spoke to her about it, <clears throat> she told him what she did. This is what he said. He said, daughter, your faith is what made this happen. Huh? Your faith. You got to remember in this account, Jesus wasn't ministering to the sick. He wasn't having a ministry line, laying hands on people. He wasn't preaching. He was just going down the road. And she just ran up and touched him. It didn't run up, pushed her way in her weakened condition through the crowd and touched him. But her faith, Jesus said, your faith made you whole. What's the good news about that? Faith still exists today. Is that right? We still have faith today. And faith will do the same things today that it did then. It'll do the same things for us that it did for her. Said out loud, if her faith, if her faith would make her, whole, make her whole, and it did, my faith, my faith will make me whole. Come on, say it with me out loud. My faith will make me whole. My faith will make me whole. Praise God. Well, how does faith come? Does anybody know? We, we camped on that. Uh, Monday took a little extra time talking about that. 
how that the multitudes came to hear him and to be healed by him. That's how faith comes. So we've begun a series here we're, call, we're calling Faith for Healing, and we're taking one by one the 20 or so individual cases uh, of healing and deliverance in Jesus' ministry. Now, there were many, many more than that healed. I mean, there were thousands upon thousands of people healed and delivered in, in those three plus years of Jesus' ministry. Um, that's, probably, that's probably scores of thousands would be a better way to say it. But those, we're not given any detail about it. It just says there were multitudes and great multitudes and every one of them was healed. All of them were healed. That's all we're told. But about 20 cases were given some detail. Who they were, maybe where they were from, some things about them, how they found out about Jesus, how they approached him, what they said to him, what he said to them. Why would we be given this? Well, faith comes by hearing. We should hear it and go, okay, that's how they got it. I'm going to do that, <laughs> right? I'm going to do that and get what they got. And so every one of these lessons should uh, enlighten us, should inspire us. And like we said, you'll find each one of these will um, especially emphasize a truth There'll be many truths, but it'll focus on one more than another. And so there's a reason for each one of these. Our first case that we looked at, the healing of the leper, we saw that the leper came and he said, Lord, I know you can heal me if you will. Uh, why would the Lord put that story in here? You shouldn't have to ask. I mean, that's how most of the church is praying, right? If it be thy will, which is an unbelieving prayer. No, somebody says, well, Jesus prayed if it, by, if it be thy will in the garden. He wasn't having a healing meeting in the garden. He wasn't ministering to the sick. Well, you should always pray if it be thy will. You don't even believe that. You don't tell people that come to get saved, you should pray if it be thy will if I get saved. Or if it be thy will if, if my sins are forgiven. No, wrong, wrong. You don't put an if it be thy will with every prayer. Now, there are times when you're submitting uh, and consecrating yourself to God and there are things you don't know that you say, Lord, like, like Jesus said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. We need to pray prayers like that. But you don't pray, Lord, forgive me if it be thy will. Because the word reveals that it is his will, right? Yes. You do, when, the, when the word tells you what his will is, you don't question then his will out of ignorance. The scripture said in Ephesians, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. That means you can find the will of God. And the Bible said, don't be conformed, Romans 12, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He must want us to know his will, to find it. And so uh, it has also been revealed, even though many have not seen it yet, that it is his will for us to be healed. That's why when that leper said, Lord, I know you can, if you will, with no hesitation, Jesus said, I will be clean. I will. One translation says, of course I will be clean. Well, can we take what Jesus said and receive it as his will for now? 
When did he change? Is he a respecter of persons? He tells some people yes, some people no. No, no. He's no respecter of persons and he never changes. He told him, I will. What would he say to you? I will. I will. It is his will for us to be healed just like it's his will for us to be forgiven. So we saw healing number one, the first one rather, uh, healing of the leper. And we've gotten into now the second in our series, the healing of Peter's wife's mother or Peter's mother-in-law. Matthew 8, let's uh, read this again. Matthew 8, 14, when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, Peter had a house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and ministered to them. When the even was come, they brought to him many that were possessed with demons, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now, that is a quote from Isaiah 53, and in that same passage, he talks about he, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was on him. I mean, all Christians believe that that's true, that Jesus took our uh, sins and he, he bore our transgressions. Well, the same passage says he took our weaknesses and he bore our sicknesses too. Same passage. And uh, all these people that are getting healed in Jesus' ministry on this day he reminds you, that's what the scripture says. And it wasn't just one or two. Uh, you know, if Jesus just wanted to uh, do uh, one or two amazing healings as a sign to say, I'm the Messiah, you don't need to heal scores of thousands. Right? You don't need to heal everybody that comes. And if, as some people say, well, sometimes it's God's will to heal and sometimes it's not his will, why don't we find at least two or three unlucky ones? In this big crowd, is that right? We got thousands of people, and it says they were, they were healed every one. All of them were healed. Now, you know, in a crowd of thousands of people, you got some folks that's not living right. Huh? You got some people, you know, that just got off a three day drunk and they saw a big crowd and they said, hey, what's going on? You got some people that's been mean as the devil. And, cruel and lied and stole and, and they just saw the crowd and dropped by and yeah, I'll take a healing, yeah. <laughs> no unworthy, unlucky, not God's will. Hmm? No, no. It is His will. Come on, say it out loud. It is His will, it is his will. for all to be healed. Now again, you got some people say, well, no, and if that was true, all would be healed. No, every question that you have about healing, you can answer by comparing it to forgiveness. Because they were bought and paid for at the same time through the same agency of Christ's redemption. If you say, well, you know, what if I, what if I preach and lay hands on somebody and they don't get healed? Well, what if you preach to somebody to be saved and they don't receive Jesus? You going to say it's not right? No. What if somebody don't receive forgiveness? Does that mean it's not, not God's will for them to be forgiven? No, no. It's true whether people believe it or not. It's true whether people receive it or not. 
It's based on the same, thank God, plan and work of redemption. Go with me to Mark, the first chapter. You will find that so many of your questions about healing can be answered if you simply compare it to forgiveness. And that's not an idea that Brother Keith came up with. We actually talked about this a few weeks ago. You remember on one occasion when Jesus said to the people that the man came to, to be healed and, and he said, your sins are forgiven. And they said, how can he say that? He's blaspheming. And Jesus said, which one's easier? To say your sins are forgiven or to say rise and walk? Huh? And so he demonstrated that they are the same. And they're based on the same work and they are received the same way because he told the man to rise up, take up his bed and walk. And he did. So that means he must be forgiven too. Right? You can answer so many questions. Every time something comes, well, what about this? Compare it to forgiveness. And you'll get your answer just like that. In uh, Mark 1 and 29... Forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered to them. And at even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with demons. And all the city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many that were sick of divers diseases, and cast out many demons, and suffered not the demons to speak, because they knew him. So Peter's mother-in-law was healed, and then many, many were healed and delivered. In Luke, Luke's account, Luke 4, and verse 38, he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. Uh, like we said yesterday, the Amplified said that uh, Simon's mother-in-law was suffering in the grip of a burning fever. So she had a really high temperature. Uh, the implication is that she's delirious. She's out of it. She's bedfast and has been for a while. The um, Mark 1.30 in the Amplified says Simon's mother-in-law had for some time been lying sick with a fever. The Weiss translation says she'd been afflicted for some time with a chronic fever, a severe one. So this is something that's been going on for some time and just got worse and worse and worse. And now... She's, her fever's so high, she's delirious. She's out of her head. She's really not able to help herself. And the scripture says, uh, they were coming to the house. Peter's mother-in-law is there in this shape. And they besought Jesus for her. They besought Jesus for her. One translation says, they made request of him on her behalf. You know, it pays to have good faith friends. Right? It pays to have strong believers in your family and in your house because there are times that something happens so quick or, 
or somebody is in a situation where they just, they're not even at their self. They're not even conscious. They're not even able to pray a prayer of faith or help. You know, you need to stay ready to go all the time. Y'all didn't like that? <laughs> Life is short. Is everybody with me? Life is really, really short. They tell us some, what, 150-some thousand people will leave this planet today, somewhere across the planet. Scores of thousands of people are dying every day. And I assure you, many of them didn't think they'd be leaving today. Many of them thought they had maybe even years, maybe even decades to go. But why would they think that? Who told them? It's available, but God has to sustain you. God has to keep you, or you won't reach that length of life. And, but you, regardless of that, you should know this world is a dangerous place to live. And I hadn't done everything perfect always. I need to be ready to go. Huh? If my heart stops right now, boom, and I'm not getting any oxygen to my brain, in, in five minutes, I can be gone. Gone. Am I ready to go? You need to be ready to go. What, what does that mean? What do you mean, ready to go, Brother Keith? You need to be saved. You need to be born again. You need your sins washed. You need to be forgiven and accepted. Uh, people say, well, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not the uh, best person, but I'm not the worst person either. I, I think I've been a pretty good person. Nobody's saved because they've been a pretty good person. If you're saved because you're a pretty good person, then Jesus didn't need to come. Nobody's saved by their good works. And people are not lost because of their bad works. People are lost because they didn't accept the sacrifice of Jesus. And if you have received him, and you put your faith totally in him for your salvation and your eternal security and your life after death, then you are saved and you will be saved. Uh, we don't know who's watching or what their case is, but if you've never done this, you need to receive him right now. And if you've gotten away from him, you better get your little self back. Huh? Because you don't know. There's so much you don't know. You need to be ready to go at any moment. Say it out loud. Father God, I do believe in you. And I believe in your son Jesus that you sent him to pay for our sins. And that he did go to the cross and pay the full price for all my sins. Every failure. Every mistake. I acknowledge I can't save myself. I need a Savior. And Jesus is that Savior. You have raised Him from the dead. He's alive right now. King of kings. Lord of lords. Jesus, I receive you and all you have given me and all you have done for me. I confess you as my Lord my Savior, my Redeemer. Thank you for saving me. Hallelujah. Thank you 
for saving me. If you really meant business with that, then you are saved. You have received the salvation that secures you. If you make mistakes today or tomorrow, repent. Admit it, acknowledge it, and receive forgiveness. Thank God the fountain of, of cleansing blood never stops flowing. Hallelujah. The, the forgiveness, the righteousness of God in Christ that he's given to you, it never fades. It's always available. And so that you're ready, like in this case, uh, you know, maybe she had no idea that one day she got to feeling bad. Maybe she thought she had more time. Next thing you know, she's comatose or almost. And now uh, if she's lost and doesn't get another opportunity, this is as serious as it gets. But on this day, she's got faith in the house. Oh, glory to God. Huh? She's got a brother-in-law. Now, I don't know. I mean, a son-in-law. I don't know if she always liked Peter or not. <laughs> Peter seems to be quiet, outspoken at times. Is that right? Maybe, maybe a little too quick to share his opinion or, or say things. He, the, the picture's painted of a big, you know, boisterous, maybe a little bit loud guy. And who knows, you know, uh, most parents, you know, think that hardly anybody's good enough for their baby, you know, their, their daughter or whatever. But uh, I don't know what she, if she ever had any misgivings about her son-in-law, Peter, they're gone now. <laughs> because thank God, he might have been a bit rough, big tough fisherman, a little bit loud, but he has gotten involved with this Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. And has been actually given a place on the crusade team. And they're going around having all these meetings. And they just came from a meeting where they saw people healed and delivered. Just came from a meeting. Oh, man. People got healed and delivered. And they come in the house. And Peter's mother-in-law is laying there delirious. And so they all look at Jesus and go, hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. Right, we just came from seeing healings and deliverance. They besought him for her. Lord, would you minister to her? Lord, she's in the back room there. She, uh, she's been dealing with this for some time. And man, she's, uh, she's got a really high fever. Would you minister to her? The Bible tells us, pray one for another. Right? That you may be healed. And especially when somebody's in a situation where they can't pray for themselves. They're not even conscious. They're not even at their self well enough. Thank God. You know, the Bible said about the paralyzed man, we'll look at him at some point, but you know, he's paralyzed. He couldn't leave the house, but his four friends, remember them? His four friends got a hold of him, got him out of the house, got him down to the meeting. They couldn't get in, but they didn't let that stop him. His four friends got him on top of the roof, tore a hole in the roof. He couldn't do all that. Let him down. Thank God for faith friends Amen. that'll help get you in. <clears throat> right? And that's what you see with Peter and these other guys. They made request of Jesus on her behalf. We need to be practicing this on a regular basis. Uh, the Lord is very merciful. Now he won't override people's wills. He just won't do that. But a lot of times people, if they were thinking right and at their self, they would be willing. They would be cooperative 
And we can ask the Lord. You know, the Bible said, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them come pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. If he's committed any sins, they'll be forgiven him. So this is a case where somebody, and the implication is, if you're calling for somebody, is that you're not able to go to them. And so somebody is, is coming and helping you with their faith. Didn't the scripture say, if any, two of you agree is touching anything that you ask? So why would that be a factor? Because <clears throat> uh, if one person's faith is a little weak and somebody else comes in with strong faith, it makes it easier. Just that environment of faith. That's one reason we have faith school. And that's, that's why we save you a seat here. We're not just coming into your house or your office. You're coming in here with us, right, by faith. And we're surrounding you. These guys and we, we're surrounding you with faith and love. Somebody says, you don't even know me. That's why it's by faith. We're surrounded. Am I telling the truth, class? We are. And everybody that's involved in this ministry, in this studio and all this, we by faith surround you with love and faith and support. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're believing you can get it. Amen. We're believing you are getting it. Amen. Can you say amen, class? Amen. And so that's what these guys did. They said, uh, they came in the house and they said, uh, Master, uh, uh, Peter said, Master, my mother-in-law is, uh, and she's, she's in a bad way back here. Um, would you minister to her? And aren't you glad that Jesus didn't say, well, you know, it's not always God's will. <laughs> hmm? And I'm tired. And we've been in these meetings and uh, it's, just, it's just not time uh, for this. This is not appropriate right now. No, he didn't say it. And you can search high and low through all these gospel accounts. You will never find one time when the Lord said, I won't. Not one time when he said, it's not God's will. Not one time when he told somebody, no, you have to wait a while. I'm sorry, but it's not, the time is not right for you to be healed. Not one time. If that's True, why have people built doctrines off of these things? For something to be scriptural, you need at least a scripture for it. Amen. Right? Yeah. You can't find one case where the Lord said, no, I'm sorry, I'm, you know, I can't minister to her. It's, just, it's not right. Uh, it's not God's will. It's always God's will. And her friends made requests on her behalf. Make requests on your friends' behalf. Make requests on your family's behalf. Even people that seem to be outside and not serving God, ask for mercy. Ask Him to send labors across their path, right? Ask for mercy and help. And just like they got mercy on that day, you'll see mercy too in your family and in your lives. And we're out of time again. <laughs> we'll see you next time here at Faith School. I've got Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 
7390.